What's up, Michigan? Welcome to the second episode here in 2021 of State Champs Michigan Hang Time. Here with the boys, Scott Bernstein, Bernie, to Julius Kelly, TJ Kelly, Matthew Mowry, uh, the madman who will be uh, coming in a little bit later in the show, might be jumping in on some of the topics we talk with reference to the boys, but his expertise are the girls. His rankings are out. We're going to talk about that as well as some action that has taken place recently in girls basketball. And we've had some interesting matchups and some interesting results on both the boys and the girls' side. So we're going to get into that in just a second. Real quick, want to let you guys know this special This podcast is presented always by Lawrence Technological University. Uh, They're asking you, if you have the dream of playing, say, college basketball, recruit yourself. Go to l2athletics.com, click on the Recruit Yourself link, fill out a short questionnaire. One of the basketball coaches will get back to you within 48 hours. And that is true for all two dozen sports that are offered here at the NAIA level at Lawrence Technological University. And I'm even talking marching band, things of that nature, academic, athletic scholarships available. Check it out. Go to L2Athletics.com. The Michigan High School Athletic Association, also a big sponsor of this particular program. Always a need for officials. Uh, and it's. Uh, I was talking with Lauren Rostovsky last night, you know, who has been, you know, at, at Taylor Schools since forever. And, uh, you know, he was out there with his brother. He's still out there doing it. He still loves uh, to ref the game of basketball. We need some more passionate guys who want to stay in the game. So uh, it's really easy to do. Just go to MHSAA.com and get started. All right. Also, the Detroit Medical Center, more, more, more specifically, the the DMC Sports Medicine and Physical Therapy Specialist. We are going to be speaking with uh, Dr. Schubert in the program. We're just going to talk briefly about ACL injuries, why they're so prevalent in basketball. We're going to talk about treatment and prevention. I mean, guys, you know, we hear about an ACL injury that happens to an athlete. I mean, and it's awful, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're, we feel so bad. But, you know, nowadays with technology, and you guys have seen it, they can come back sometimes actually stronger than they were before. And, fa- and faster. It, yeah, I was going to say. Be, you could be out for two years, right? year and a half. And, now you're out usually less than a year. Right, and some of the guys like Dr. Shubudu does this for a living. Uh, it's pretty uh, unbelievable how they can get these guys back in the game, and that's the important thing. So we'll talk about that later. Also, the DAC Athlete of the Wars, the deadline for not, uh, applications has passed. Uh, I'm very proud to say we had about 75 nominations come in uh, between the boys and the girls. Some of the names, great names, I can't reveal any of them, who are applying to be nominees, who will be the six male, six female Athlete of the Year nominees. You will know that. Uh, fairly soon, uh, and we'll have it. We're having the a new date for the award show at the DAC. It's going to be in June. I'll give you more of that information as it comes along. But uh, congratulations to everybody who has applied, and we shall see if you, in particular, will be named one of the nominees, which is an amazing honor in the state. All right, let's get into it. Uh, first off, we're going to do what we call our recap, and this is just kind of stuff that's taken place since we've talked last on the podca- podcast, which was a week ago today, which we record on Wednesdays. Uh, so that means games from yesterday all the way back through the weekend. Uh, we'll start with you, TJ, some of the things that you saw that you uh, you know, were impressed by or maybe unimpressed by. Uh, I was very impressed by Ann Arbor Huron in the second half uh, versus Ives Lanny. Uh, they were playing at home. Looked a little rusty. Again, Ann Arbor teams have not practiced. They haven't been able to do anything. Um, I mean, they, if they have to go, I mean, in, in the entire area of Ann Arbor is shut down. 
Um, so, you know, some rustiness was expected. Um, earlier in the third quarter, Devin Womack, their starting point guard, senior point guard, wanted to get in, picking up his fourth foul. And it was one of those things, well, where are they going to go? And they wound up putting on a 21-2 run to end the game. Um, went, wound up winning the game by 20 points. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, Warren De La Salle looking phenomenal. Uh, you know, I mean, they put it on Brother Rice. Um, they won last night at home, or excuse me, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night, night at yep. home. Um, and yeah, they're playing. And who'd really they well. beat? Uh, Ren- Renaissance. 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 They beat, and they beat Renaissance. Uh, doubled up on them in two in two halves. And then uh, I went and saw Cast Tech versus Jackson. And it was great to see Milton Barnes. If you don't know who Milton Barnes is, uh, I mean, coast Eastern Michigan. He's been as a, he's been a, a scout for Sacramento Kings, um, but he went back home to Jackson. And, he's coaching out. He's and now coach. he's at Jackson High School. And oh, wow. you talk about a, a phenomenal guy. And you know what? They were getting smoked. They didn't score their first point until the 10 minutes into the game. They didn't score their first field goal until 14 minutes into the game. But he was still coaching them up the entire time. And, you know, they wound up taking a big thumping from Cass. But it was great to see the positivity um, that he was enhancing and kind of instilling. You know, you got you to rebuild the culture just because Jackson hasn't really been there, you know, for some time now. He had a future NBA backcourt at Eastern in Earl Boykins and Derek Dial from Cass Tech. Hey, and yep. uh, they ended up um, upsetting Duke. Yeah, well, when they won, in the, went in, in the Sweet in the, Sixteen. In the NCAA tournament. Well, yeah. prior, prior to that, the the Earl Boykins, uh, you know, Charles and Carl Thomas, where he was yeah. an assistant coach, you know, under Rick Barnes. So I didn't know Milton Barnes. That's great. For, yeah, for, for I mean, the that's great for the MHSAA to have a yeah. a guy that was a, a high level Division One coach and and no and don't forget that Waleed Samaha as well. You know, I was look, I was kind of like wow, ninety four, and you got Waleed who was assistant coach. Um, or Coach Samaha was an assistant coach uh, under uh, Beeline as well. So, you know, it's great to see guys that are coming back to the community and really putting, uh, you know, their worth in, in and that makes their expertise. the basketball better. I love it. That and makes then wasn't, the wasn't Milton uh, in the MAC recently, too? Wasn't he at? No, he's been with, uh, he was with the Minnesota Timberwolves and then he okay. was with the Sacramento Kings and, you know, all that great weather in California, you know. I think he cut his teeth under um, Clem Haskins. I believe he was a top assistant on that uh, Minnesota team that went to the Elite Eight mm-hmm. in 89 or 90. Sweet, that's fantastic. You know, TJ Kelly's rankings, his state champs top 25, they're going to be coming out every Monday. His first grouping is out there and uh, I know that there were there were some coaches who had some issue with it I will I will uh, talk with TJ about that and I know he probably got some ribbing yeah. uh, as well but that's all right because that's that's what they do they cause com- they elicit conversation and it shows how much it means to them uh, when you show them the love they feel they deserve so we'll, we'll get into that but Scott uh, what say you um, well I just want to uh, double back for a second and, and give a shout out to Johnny Jokai uh, the new coach at De La Salle I I I really believe that he is on the doorstep of coaching greatness at a very uh, early stage in his head coaching career. He's only been a head coach now. This is his fifth year. Um, he's 40 years old. He was an uh, assistant at like 10 different schools, 10 different p- good programs where he helped develop future pro talent. I know he helped develop uh, uh, Rashad Pack at Seahawks, Dante, Dante Mayton at Moonfield Hills. Um, just the consummate teacher. Uh, he, he's a, a, a motivator. He's someone that really connects with the kids. I think at first he doesn't necessarily pass the eye test. You look at him and he, he kind of looks like he should be, you know, doing your taxes. <laughs> um, but Johnny's the greatest guy in the world. And no, I'm just saying, like, no, he, he doesn't look like a basketball coach. He'll tell you that. He's H&R Block. Yeah. Right. But right. he, you know, 
he does, he checks every box. Yeah. And the fact that he was able to go in a matter of five years from not being able to get past the final interview of a of a varsity head coaching job to now where he's coaching in the Catholic League Central and was personally tapped by Greg Essler, the Hall of Fame coach uh, from, from De La Salle the last 25 years, and then before that he was at Lakeshore. And, it, you know, it, it came down to who Essler wanted to to. Re- to replace him, or for who Esther wanted to take his spot, yeah. and they went completely out of the box. Nobody knew who John Jokai was in the Catholic League. He came from the west side of, of Metro Detroit. He was coaching at Wald Lake Northern in the LVC. So he obviously just decimated that um, the interview process. Greg taps him, comes into the program. Players fall in love with him. They, they're playing at, uh, you know, they're executing they're doing all the little things, rebounding defense, and you know w- this wasn't a team that I expected to really be uh, to to play any role in in where the Catholic League Central was going this year. And right now they're you know they're going to play sleeper. I did a I think Matt's going to put up a, a feature uh, this week that I wrote about them um, about you know this this kind of this resurgence, not even a resurgence, but just kind of a a. Uh, uh, an addition or a, another phase, another chapter in in the ca- in the uh, De La Salle basketball tradition because they haven't missed a beat. All right. Um, and then I also wanted to discuss how I think I've done this a couple times, and I got to check myself. There's been a lot of over open- you wreck yourself. Right. 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 I think this is the, I think this is the second or third time that I've written the Clarkson basketball obit. Like. It's over with the run, the Dan Fife dynasty, and you know now they're going to go back to the middle of the pack. And um, you know they started the season three and zero. They lost arguably, you know, the best junior in the state in in Fletcher Lawyer, who left in the off season uh, with his family and moved to Indiana. And right now he's the best player, shredding. The best junior in he's Indiana. shredding the Hoosier State right now and, and making a strong argument how. He'll be the front runner for Mr. Basketball next year in Indiana. Uh, so you, you lose a lot of firepower with him. And they to graduation, they lose Matt Nicholson, um, their All-State center, who's playing in the Big Ten at Northwestern. They just didn't, you know, looking on paper, it didn't look like they really had the horses to compete in a league that they've won 14 straight years. But again, you know, premature to write that obit. Out of the gate, they're 3-0, and they look really strong. Uh, Nate Steinman is a sniper. Keegan Wasilk is a is a pace setter and, and the kind of the straw that stirs the drink uh, at the point guard spot. Mike DePillo, uh, the 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 high major or I, I think eventually will be a high major quarterback prospect on the football field. Right now he's got a lot of mid majors, but he's got high high major potential. He's playing a power forward spot, averaging near a double double. Nate Scherler, or sorry, Luke Scherler. Uh, in the middle, guy who's about six eight, six nine. Brother's gonna be really good. Yeah, he's on the he's on varsity, I believe, as a freshman. Zach Austin is one of these program kids that's come out and looked real good in these first three games of of major action for him in his career. He's a junior, so you know, I, I just wanted to let people know that Clarkson will still be a factor in the OAA Red Race this year, even if they don't end up winning it. They're not going to be at the bottom of the of the pile. And then talking about who I saw against Clarkson yesterday and who I've seen twice uh, so far in the first week and a half of the season. Ferndale, I'm very high on them. Um, they've got Jason Deuce Drake has come over from Orchard Lake St. Mary's and his teaming with 
a very nice uh, guard stable there with um, Trayvon Lewis, who's you know, maybe one of the best wing guards uh, in the whole state right now, definitely for the class of, of 22. And then they got two real nice sophomores in, in uh, Caleb Renfro and Cam Reed. They have a, you want to talk about an under the radar game changer as a big. Jack Kennedy, he's six eight six nine. He played varsity as a sophomore. Didn't on play last year. Last year he was like working at Little Caesars. Yeah, <laughs> and for free. They convinced him to come back uh, to the team. They have, I mean, basically have no post play until Jack Kennedy decides to come back and play. And then in the opener against Oak Park, where they they just ran Oak Park out of their own gym, one by thirty five. Jack Kennedy has like twenty points and twelve rebounds. Um, got in a little bit of foul trouble against Clarkson yesterday. Still had a real nice game. I think he had like 8.67 boards. Uh, so, you know, look for Ferndale and North Farmington to be, you know, I would say the, the class of the OAA Red this year and really like uh, what I've seen from Ferndale this first week. All right, good stuff, good stuff. One of the uh, matchups we, that you'll be able to see the highlights of on State Champs, uh, all over the State Champs Michigan socials, as well as our website and our State Champs Michigan show, which premieres on Sundays, uh, will be a boys basketball game that uh, was a Catholic League clash that took place on Tuesday. It was uh, TJ's number 21 squad versus his number 23 Scott squad, and I know... Uh, both these guys are going to change. One might be going, <laughs> one's yep. going to be falling out. One uh, definitely might be climbing, and that was uh, UD Jesuit and Brother Rice. Uh, UD Jesuit all over Brother Rice, 85 uh, to 56 uh, was the final in that one. Uh, 26 points uh, by our boy Sonny Wilson. Uh, we also had uh, good performances from uh, Charles Turner, who had 18. Xavier Banks is a name to be aware of. Yep, and uh, Phil Regan had uh, uh, 14 in the game. Um, but, you know, one of the things I want to shout out is the maturation of Sonny and what he has been able to do. Uh, and you talk about s straws, stirring drinks. Uh, he, he makes it all go. And uh, the, the pace that uh, Coach has, Coach Donnelly has them uh, going is going to give fits to anyone. Uh, he made sure after the game that I said he'd tell, tell TJ that number 21 ranking is really what got us <laughs> fired up. All right. For tonight. I'm sure Ron Rickman uh, another, Again, another example of a program that Bernie himself can take some ownership on this. Yeah. Had written the obit after Cassius Winston left. Right. I was like, you know, don't expect U of D to be, you know, contending for Final Fours anymore now that Cassius is gone. And, and Pat Downey said, not so quick there, Bernie. Yeah. And we got Sonny Wilson coming, there's coming one, up the rear. If there's one player that Sonny Wilson reminds me of, it's, there's so much speed. And I've got to go back to a guy, another guy that was in the Catholic League. That's Kalen Lucas. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so much speed and, and just can't stay in front of him. Um, you know, he's not as strong as Kalen was. Uh, obviously, you're talking about, you know. And he's young. Years. He's only a he's sophomore. Only, and he's only a sophomore. But you talk about, you know, a flash in the pan. You know, that guy is uh, 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 quicker than a, a hot fart in a skillet. I believe <laughs> yeah. I heard that back in the 20th century. But yeah, uh, yeah but I, light, lightning it looks like I've never heard that before. So I just want to put out that Sonny Wilson is lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you who I love on that roster, who is a fast-rising two-sport prospect, mm -hmm. uh, Chris Mutebi. Yep. Uh, showed that, he, that he's a, probably a Division I caliber wide receiver prospect on the football field mm -hmm. this last year. Last season, 
he he showed flashes on the basketball floor. Yeah, all this, seven of his points last night in the fourth quarter. This season, this season, the highlights I've seen of him uh, has showed that he can take his game outside, is hitting threes, mm-hmm. and then he is a high flyer, man. Yeah, he is a a jumping jack. Yeah, no can, no dunks last night, but uh, but yeah, Jesuit deep, uh, bringing guys off again, running lots of threes. Uh, pushing inside, good defense, uh, and again, you know, was not the best performance uh, by Brother Rice. You know, outside of their one star, Robeson, you they, know, had twenty. You mean Curtis Williams? I'm sorry, Curtis, Curtis Williams. Williams. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, he had. I, I believe it was uh, it was twenty four uh, in in the effort, and uh, but he was, um, you know, he was really the lone uh, bright spot. Twenty three. It's, a, gro- it's a growing process for this Rice team. Yeah, I, I'm, they're they're young. They're coach. You know, I mean, when you look at I mean, you know, Rick's, you know, 35, you know, right around 37 years old or something like that, you know, and look at, you know, some of the other guys that are in that league, you know, who have so much coaching experience outside of maybe John Jokai, you know, but he still has more coaching well, experience. And Ricky and did Rick, such a great job those first couple of years, like turning that thing around yeah. fast. Yeah. And then I think everyone expected that the next step was going to happen this year. This is his third I'm, season. I mean, this is only and we don't know nine, what, right. you know, I mean, day 10 or 11 and stuff like For that, sure. you know, so we've got a lot more. We've, there's a lot of basketball, you know, still to be played. I think that when the light goes on for these guys, oh, which I think it eventually is, the limit, you know, man. it's going to be one of those things where, you know, it, yeah. You know, the, uh, the, the the gripe that I may be taking for rankings right now is, yeah. am I looking at it like, ah, you know, I should have had Ferndale in there. Obviously, right. You know, there probably will be, yeah. you know, next week. But, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to be confident. You know, I'm just hoping that I'm not a year late. You yeah. got, you got well, four you got four sophomores on that Rice team that all have a chance to play Division One college. Right. But the other teams are young, too, yes. in the Catholic League. So it's going to be interesting. I would say in the Catholic League right now, and it probably has been the case for many years now, it's guard-oriented. You need that player. You need the Kareem Rogier. Uh, mm-hmm. Running your point, you need the Sonny Wilsons running your point, and I'm sure De La Salle is probably K- uh, Caleb Reese. And yeah. uh, I'll tell you, I want this is who I really would like to shout out. We missed before um, their point guard, Lyndon Holder, phenomenal. Just yeah, he's playing really well. Division will, two player, no, oh, no, I, I, no. I think I don't have any question that he can play Division two basketball. And those Gleat coaches need to get in on him. Yeah. Um, he is a uh, is the type of floor general that is fearless. He can shoot. He can create. He's Big time when when you know uh, the lights are the brightest and and he plays big in the clutch. He's a leader in the locker room. Okay, uh, just really has gotten right. overlooked the last Good. couple of years. Matt, I know you wanted to jump in. No, I just uh, I was. I don't oh, know if stretching? I had anything to, I to contribute. Were, I, I was scratching myself. No. That's all good. We're going to no, hear, no. hear plenty from Matt Mowry uh, when we get into the girls' side. He's got a, bit, girls a, a bevy of stuff for, for no doubt. He's got, got yeah. lots of good stuff. Uh, and uh, we're talking about kind of uh, shout-outs, primetime players right now. TJ has a couple guys, guys who didn't play last season, that are definitely now on your radar. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, it's great to see Mac Menzel. Um, yeah. The transfer from yeah. Country Day, he sat out last year. Um, there was some question about where he might go, you know, playing th- or go to school this year. I wound up stuck at, sticking around at his home home community school in Sterling Heights, Stevenson, and has had a phenomenal uh, start to the year. And it's almost like he's been chopping at the bit, you know, just waiting, just waiting, just waiting. And boom, the gate goes up and, you know, he's up there and he's, you know, doing whatever he needs to do and taking names along with it, you know. And you talk about another player that is, you know, that – that Gliat coaches are are loving there, you know. Yeah, keep them under the wraps, you know. It's hard when you don't play your junior year. Yeah, well, another guy is uh, six foot five, Jalen Broyles, a lefty, 
uh, from Ypsilanti Lincoln. So so easy to be overlooked by all the talent that Ypsilanti Lincoln has had. You know, state championship in Imani Bates's. You know, prior to him leaving to to Ipsy, you know, the, the prep school that there's now in Washtenaw County, um, to overlook the other players. Well, really overlooking a player is Jalen Broyles, who missed his junior year, uh, wound up having an accident after dunking, uh, falling off the rim prior to his junior year, broke his wrist, but he's averaging 17, 18 points a game, uh, you know, nine rebounds uh, this season, you know, through a couple of games. But he's a lefty who I was able to see over the fall playing against Detroit Douglas, played very well against them, played very well against River Rouge. And, you know, he's a guy that with athleticism, he is a do-all player. He can step out and shoot it. He can defend, and he can also hit the boards, and he plays on both ends of the court. You know, he's he's the guy that is the, really the stir that straws uh, that drink for Ypsilanti Lincoln. And Ypsilanti Lincoln, they can, they, they can scratch their way back into, uh, you know, the top 25. And shout-out to Jesse Davis, who is another, you know, younger or coach that didn't come in with a lot of head coaching experience, wound up winning early, but then he's been able to maintain um, that team. I, let's say, I mean, he's lost four games or something like that in the last three years. Um, so yeah. shout-out to him. Did, did Big Country graduate from Ypsilanti Lincoln? He's, you playing, know? he's playing football somewhere. Okay, so he's gone. Oh yeah, I love yeah. watching. Yeah. I love watching him. That was it Taylor McKenzie. Yeah, the big six eight, yeah. three hundred pounds. Right, 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 awesome. right. Second to only Matt Balcoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're gonna bring him up from Warren Cozeno from exactly. from years ago and Derek Nix. So uh, yeah, yeah, Derek, so that's, yeah, that's it. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I loved him. Loved Matt, him. Matt Mansfield's dad could play it. could play some hoops. I mean, he played at oh, Country yeah. Day. Won, yeah. a, won three state championships with uh, Shane Battier, and then ended up having I think an all Mac career at CMU. Nice, nice. All right, guys, we're gonna get into. Uh, TJ specifically wants to shout out a Division Three squad. We're going to get that next. We're also going to talk just a little bit about his rankings and uh, you know his thought process as he went into his first set. That's coming up in just a second. But remember earlier in the show, I talked to you about how you can recruit yourself at Lawrence Tech. Check this out. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. All right, welcome back to State Champs Michigan's Hang Time. And uh, here with TJ Kelly, Scott Bernstein, Matt Marrow will be joining us in just a little bit, talk about girls basketball. Uh, but right now, before we uh, close out our boys segment here, I uh, want to get to um, a team that you are, are you know, kind of had a conversation with the coach and uh, you think is going to make some waves in D3 this season. Yeah, uh, last year, uh, Croswell-Lexington, you know, they are, they're rolling. They're looking like a team that is probably going to be the first team to make it to the Breslin or at least, you know, have a chance to get to this, this, uh, the, the championship game um, out of the thumb area since uh, Unionville, Unionville Seabowing uh, with Jordan, Jordan, well, I don't know. They had a guy that was really good, Jordan Bitzer, um, you know, a dozen years ago. Um, but, yeah, Lance Campbell really has that, that team rolling. Uh, shout out to senior Hunter Soper. Uh, six foot five athlete who is averaging over a point a minute. He's averaging 18 points in 16 minutes a game. They're three and oh, he just set the record uh, on two Wednesday night uh, for the all time leading rebounds. Um, but, you know, they are that's that one of those core teams. Those guys have played together for a while. 
Coach Campbell is very excited. He knows what he has. And, uh, you know, don't be surprised if that's a team that I think I have. Well, I have them at number 25 now. Right. Um, and they could easily move up. Uh, if they're not meeting Flint Beecher somewhere in the, you know, down the pathway, um, I'm definitely expecting them um, to get to the Breslin. If they do meet up with, with Beecher, I mean, that's going to be a must attend game. Um, well, at least a must view game. Uh, but yeah, that's that's going to be a phenomenal matchup, and I'm um, looking forward to seeing what they can do. But shout out to Crosby, Lexington, and Hunter Soper for breaking the record. Can I shout out one uh, Mr. Basketball sleeper? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bashir Jihad, yeah. Ball State signee, North Farmington, 6'9 wing, had 37 points, 17 rebounds last week against West Bloomfield. Uh, came back last night against Farmington, had 24 points, 14 rebounds. He is the prototypical stretch for uh, he's 6'9". He's great on the block, really soft touch, um, but he can step back and he can hit the three. And he can't just and, and it's not just the high school three. He can hit the pro three. Um, and that thirty-seven uh, point seventeen rebound effort against West Bluefield, I think it was uh, it was like a tie game. I heard, I wasn't there, but I got some highlights. I heard it was a tie game, and then he hit like two from like 30 feet in a row, like back-to-back, like 25-footers. Yeah. Um, so I think when you're talking about upside and value as a recruit, it doesn't get any bigger, uh, better than Bashir Jihad for Ball State, who was the best team in the um, MAC last year. But when we're talking about Mr. Basketball and guys that are impacting their team and guys that can kind of maybe slip into the race, you, you got to be talking about Bashir Jihad. All right, we got about five minutes left in this segment. Want to get to uh, TJ's top 25. So you can find that at statechampsnetwork.com. He'll be updating it weekly. You can read Matt Mowry's girls' top 25 rankings there as well. Uh, and then, of course, Scott and Matt throughout, you know, the weeks will always be doing uh, individual blogs on players and and top players and and things of that I did, nature. I did so power rankings, power player, rankings. player power rankings for almost every league in Metro Detroit, well, if not every league in Metro Detroit. Well, there you go. So uh, all you need to do is just make sure you're checking in at StateChampsNetwork.com every day and just check the news, check the blogs. You'll see what's up. Of course, uh, follow us on social media. So I'm going to give you top ten, uh, TJ's top ten. We'll go there again. You can look at the rest of his 25, but here's how he laid it out and just. Just want to get a little bit of your thoughts uh, as to this particular order. Ann Arbor, Huron, you said it last week that uh, you were going to put them number one in the state. They haven't disappointed you so far. Ann Arbor, Huron, number one. Orchard Lake, St. Mary's comes in at number two. River Rouge at number three. Grand Blank at number four. Detroit King at five. Ham Travick at six. That certainly has turned some heads. Number seven, Grand Rapids Christian. Number eight, Zealand East. Number nine, Grand Rapids Catholic Central, and Warren D. LaSalle at 10. Yeah, the thing with the Hamtramck team is if they were in the PSL, they would be just as scary as Depsa was a few years ago. Um, Amari Allen is, I mean, after Sonny Wilson, there's an argument uh, that, you know, he's that, point guard. that he's that number two point guard in the state. He's six foot three, he takes away all the ifs, he's got the athleticism, he sees the floor, he makes the right plays. I went and saw them last week, Javier Whitaker. You know, put up. Yeah, Whitaker's four. the one that I that I've kind of fallen. I mean, he with. can really score the ball. You know, he's a five eight five nine shooting guard. Reminds me of Darian Gay from Henry Ford. You know, fifteen years ago, wound up playing up at Ferris State and having a phenomenal career. But he's six foot three. He can see over the defense. He he's really in tune. Basketball IQ is there, and they also have a little bit of size. 
Um, DJ Foster is their head coach there, and they play 94 feet, you know, Nolan Richardson style. Hey, we got to, you're going to get after it. We know what we can do. You got to adjust to what we're going to do because we got guys that are going to come, gonna come off the bench. We've got some, we've got a 6'2, 6'3 football player we can anchor down in the post. And we've got to get, we got a raw guy, six foot six, uh, Deontay Owens, you know, who's a junior who's athletic. He's raw, but he can go out there and he can defend and, if to weigh everybody you know we're probably gonna have to wait until the you know the somewhere in the quarterfinals or yeah what, what, uh, what division will yeah, they well, be in they're in division one and what league, division what one league do they play in they're in the metro with they just beat e-course earlier in the week okay and they have river rouge coming up on friday and, and i think that somebody's gonna be there. state champs yeah. will be there i won't be there but state champs will be there we'll have a camera covering that game that's number three river rouge versus number six ham tramming uh those highlights will be up on saturday e-course has maybe the best sophomore combo guard or one of the best sophomore combo guards malik olafoy i mean he is uh, he's electric yeah he's been putting up good numbers uh you know it's one of those things where got to kind of incorporate some winning that's going along with numbers um you know and yeah he's he's very good he's got old what double digit offers that have been yeah. you know that have that have been reported um yeah he's a very talented guy and very talented player and the, and the future is bright for him uh, and for the 2023 class I think his dad's the football coach at E-Course, and I believe mm-hmm. he played in the CFL for quite a long time Okay. Uh, good. That's good stuff. Again, read TJ's rankings at statechampsnetwork.com. You can send us uh, an email, contact us at statechampsnetwork.com. That's the email if you want to, you know, have a comment or a question. Of course, you can DM us on social media. Uh, I'll make sure that we ask them here in the in the podcast. Just, you know, hashtag it, ask TJ, or ask to Julius, I should say. No, nah, you don't need people spelling that, and all of a sudden there'll be a whole bunch of to Juliuses running around here, and i got questions to answer. Understood. Understood. So, I like that name. Uh, STJ Scratch. I love your name. I love your name. Uh, so uh, that's what you can do. And just to round out what we're covering here on the boys' side uh, at State Champs this week, as far as video goes, uh, we will have the, uh, again, the River Rouge Ham Tammer game, uh, the Rice UD Jesuit highlights. We also covered last night, uh, Frank and Muth went on the road to Bridgeport and uh, took care of business 161 to 42. I think we even had uh, uh, a, almost a length of court shot to end the third quarter for uh, the Eagles. Yeah, and that. so, uh, yeah, so um, uh, Frankie Muth, one of those teams at uh, Ambridgeport that were, were, are always in the mix mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, state playoffs. So we'll have highlights of that game as well. So uh, I want to thank both these gentlemen for uh, their participation this afternoon. It doesn't mean it has to end. We're just going to be transitioning to the girls' side of things here. Uh, but before we do, I mentioned earlier that uh, I was going to be joined by DMC physician Dr. Schubert, and uh, we were talking ACL injuries. So we're going to get to that conversation right now. I want to welcome Dr. Manuel Schubert to State Champs Hangtime, Michigan. Dr. Schubert is a DMC orthopedic surgeon and he's a sports medicine specialist. Uh, thank you for taking a few minutes to discuss ACL injuries with our audience. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on the show today, Lauren. I was mentioning to the guys, Dr. Schubert, how scary and tough it is uh, to see an athlete suffer an ACL injury. I mean, you could sometimes hear the pop on the court and it is gut wrenching, you know, for everyone uh, that's in the building. Why do you think ACL injuries are so common in a sport like basketball? 
Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree that, you know, ACL injuries are really devastating, you know, at all levels of, you know, competition and play. And, um, you know, these athletes do a lot of jumping, cutting, pivoting and twisting. And those are all um, mechanisms that tend to put the ACL at higher risk for injury. Um, and so just because these athletes, you know, are doing a lot of those activities, places them at higher risk for possible ACL injury, you know, during competition. The, you know, the ACL is a primary uh, stabilizer of the knee that resists anterior tibial translation, which means that it prevents the, the tibia, the shin bone, from translating too far um, anteriorly towards the front. And so uh, that helps with all those, you know, movements that I discussed. And then it also acts as a stabilizer of tibial rotation. And so, you know, when athletes put the knee at greater stresses with those various movements, it increases the risk potentially for ACL tears. Yeah, it's it seems like such a, a small ligament and yet it, it connects to everything. It's so important. And uh, that's how the body works in a lot of cases. Let us talk care. How are ACL injuries treated? Uh, so typically the um, recommendation, especially for younger athletes who want to return to any type of sporting event, especially ones that do involve all those pivoting, rotational, jumping type movements, such as basketball, we typically recommend ACL reconstruction. And what that entails is we actually recreate that ligament inside the middle of the knee to provide that stability again that is lost with ACL injuries. And we typically in younger athletes recommend a graft taken from their own knee. Um, usually the most common ones are patellar tendon graft. Um, quadriceps tendon graft or hamstring tendons to recreate that ligament or rope inside the middle of the knee to recreate that stability. There are some studies that have talked about ACL repairs, but typically the treatment of choice and the, the gold standard is a uh, reconstruction. And in older individuals who are more do recreational sports, kind of weekend warriors, um, we can also consider possible donor grafts for the ACL reconstruction, typically in patients 40 and older, but in the younger athletes, we usually recommend reconstructing with their own um, tissue. And then, um, you know, we do the reconstruction procedure, and then it's usually about a at a minimum six month recovery until they're back to playing full, you know, participation and competition. Um, and it can be anywhere up to even nine months to a year, um, depending on the recovery. But again, minimum, usually six month recovery after surgery. You know, we've had an opportunity to uh, interview several DMC surgeons and physicians, and I'm always curious, and I, and I just wanted to ask you briefly, what got you really interested in, the, in becoming an orthopedic surgeon? Why this particular field? Well, I've been an athlete growing up all my life. I actually went to high school around uh, the Metro Detroit area as well and was active in football, wrestling um, growing up. I was a collegiate wrestler as well. And just having that athletic background really introduced me to the idea of sports medicine and, you know, involvement with athletic trainers. You know, I really like the thought of being able to participate in the care of athletes from all ages and, you know, all ranges of activity level and competition and allow them to get back to doing the things that they love and get them back to the sports because they know how important it was to me and still is to me. And I'd like to you know, help out people with that in their lives. Well, it's great. And it's, you know, it's what we call the Lord's work because, you know, it, when you put yourself back in the position of being a high schooler and if you are participating in athletics, it can be oftentimes, as it was in my case, it's the biggest thing in your life. 
And to have something, you know, to have a setback, to have an injury uh, such as an ACL injury, it, it can literally devastate you, uh, sometimes soul crushing. So the great thing is, is how far we've come along in the progress of treating ACL injuries. For people out there who want to know a little bit, you know, should this affect their life in any way, whether it be your, your son or daughter or, or yourself, what's a typical recovery time for an ACL injury? Actually, before surgery even, we usually like patients to restore their knee range of motion back to normal. We want the swelling to go completely down. And so oftentimes there's usually a little bit of gap between the injury and actually when we do the surgical reconstruction. Um, and it might even involve some physical therapy or additional work with athletic trainers to get that range of motion back to normal and reduce the swelling. Um, it just helps with improving the recovery afterwards. When people go into surgery with a stiff and swollen knee, they have a even more stiff and swollen knee after surgery and makes it tougher to recover. And then in terms of the recovery, there are various protocols out there and it depends uh, on the surgeon's preference. But typically, um, you know, the first uh, couple of weeks to, you know, few months are time of rest and, you know, kind of early range of motion, gradual strengthening, get the quadriceps strength back. And then as time progresses and the ligament starts to heal more and undergo this process called ligamentization where it starts to heal into the bone tunnels, then we start getting the athlete to do more higher level activities, get them back to a running progression program, start light plyometrics. And then as they're developing uh, along their recovery, then we get them back into more sports specific exercises and getting them ready to return to athletics and doing functional testing to actually make sure that their knee and their ligament is ready to go for when they actually return to play. Six months to up to a year usually. Got it. So this is the big question. Is there anything athletes can do to prevent ACL injuries from even occurring? Oh, there definitely is, Lauren. And there have been a lot of studies over the years to look at that just because of how prevalent this injury is and how devastating it can be to an athlete's career. So, you, you know, there are a lot of good studies that have looked at biomechanics of you know various activities and motions and it's really important for people to have good awareness of their body good strength of their lower extremities as well as their core their hips their thighs you know making sure that when they move that they have good alignment and don't really overextend their body too much and that when they are jumping they're jumping with their knees over their feet and really avoiding collapsing their knee inwards which is called uh, like a valgus deformity on the knee um, that puts a lot of stress on the knee and the ACL. And there are things that can be done to teach proper um, jump mechanics and doing jump training exercises. And a lot of places do offer various ACL prevention programs that can really teach these appropriate biomechanics and you know assist with appropriate jump training and um, increasing the strength of their lower extremity and really teaching that muscle memory so that when they are actually practicing and playing, they're not thinking about it and are executing these uh, movements appropriately. All right, last question. I remember when I was a kid, uh, come on, Lauren, play through the pain. We know now that's not really good advice. So if you have knee pain, when is it time to see a sports medicine physician? Well, I would recommend that if there's pain that's really limiting their ability to do what they need to, so if they aren't able to play to the level that they need to or previously were able to, then I think it's time to seek additional care. Um, I think usually a good go-to uh, go person initially is their athletic trainer, 
and you know just to kind of get initial valuation but if they have worsening knee pain if they have swelling where their knee swells up like a balloon they have mechanical symptoms including catching clicking locking popping of the knee or if the knee feels unstable when they're trying to do various activities um, those are all signs that something's going on with the knee and um, it might be time to see a sports medicine specialist all right. I want to thank Dr. Manuel Schubert for hanging with us here on Hang Time. Great advice. We appreciate your time. And remember, if you have a sports injury, see the experts at DMC Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. To make an appointment, call 1-888-300-DOCS. That's 1-888-300-3627. And we thank you, Doc. Thank you, Lauren. Appreciate it. And good luck to everybody. All right. I want to thank Detroit Medical Center physician, Dr. Manuel Schubert for joining us here on State Champs Hangtime Michigan. And uh, again, uh, good advice, good information. Uh, make sure that uh, you check out our DMC Game Changers segments. Uh, Laura Ramos is who puts that on. She's heavily involved in the WNBA, has some great uh, training tips, has some really great injury prevention tips. Uh, discussions and these are, are wonderful little segments that you can find all over our social media and at statechampsnetwork.com dmc game changers for more information just go to dmc.org slash game changers all right we welcome now into the conversation the man himself matthew mowry as we get into our girls discussion here and what is happening in girls basketball in the state of michigan so uh first off uh matt i wanted to say uh thank you for being patient and uh, it's good to see you a uh, couple of uh, just a quick note so that uh, people know on state champs that we've got a couple of girls basketball games uh, that we are covering this week one took place last night and that was number five east kentwood taking care of rocker rockford by a final score of 60 to 45 so uh, east kentwood which again matt has ranked number five in his rankings we'll go over some of those uh, they take care of business. And then we also will have uh, a game uh, tomorrow night. That is Thursday. Uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it'll be a Thursday matchup that we'll have. And that is is West Bloomfield, number four in the state, traveling to Clarkston. So we will have that matchup here on State Champs as well. You'll be able to find that video uh, again on our social media, on our website. Uh, watch the State Champs Michigan show that has all the highlights of everything we do. Basketball, hockey, uh, boys swimming, you know, you name it. You can catch that show on Sundays. All right, we welcome Matt into the conversation. And... Uh, uh, first off, Matt, you know, anything, you know, since we talked to you last week, some of the kind of news and notes that have taken place around the league? Well, you mentioned West Bloomfield, and I believe it happened right after we recorded last week. West Bloomfield took on a Renaissance team that really was in a three way mix for a number one ranking to start the preseason. And West Bloomfield won pretty handily 81 65 over renaissance last year they played and and the phoenix had won 62 49 at home a lot of people knew about the the old faces that were at west bloomfield logan lewis who's going to iupui lola chambers mayana hooper sydney Hendricks, who came on the scene as a first year the the freshman revelation here and scott will know this too this, the Davis twins. Every once in a while, you'll have uh, parents in your ear telling you, hey, these kids are coming. Hey, these kids are coming. Mm -hmm. I've been hearing about the Davis twins since they were in probably seventh grade. They were coming. And sometimes with it, you just, you know, you 
take it with a grain of salt and you say, well, wait, wait till we see them in high school. Okay, well, their coming out party in high school was that the two of them, they're both about 5'10", 5'11", India and Summer Davis combined for three points in against a team that was say, conceivably say that going to be... Say, say that four, again, Matt. I'm sorry, four, you, your, uh, your internet jumped on there. So uh, you said the Davis Twins, they combined for what? 43 points. India had 22. Uh, Summer had 21. India's full stat line, she had five rebounds, five assists, five steals. I mean, the, if you want a coming out party against one of the best teams in the state, that's about the way you script it. Those, those two are going to be on the scene for four years and they're going to just absolutely wreak havoc for West Bloomfield. You know, it was one of those where I ended up doing a lot of the shuffling of where the rankings were going to go. And I had West Bloomfield coming into that probably going to be in the teens someplace. I had to bump them up into the top five really when, because when you take care of business like that coming out and we mentioned even last week, Renaissance was really one of the motivated teams coming into this season, kind of feeling like they got robbed a little bit last year because they thought they were on enough of a roll at the end of the season that maybe they were one of the favorites for, for a state title. And, and that was not the way they wanted to start the season, certainly. But West Bloomfield is certainly for real. Yeah. And then Edison is doing what Edison does. They were ranked number 13 in the nation by ESPNW uh, just Wednesday. Beat number 11, Marion. Beat Muskegon. Beat number 12, Grass Lake. Big game at Renaissance on Saturday. And then next next week uh, doesn't slow down any. Number four, West Bloomfield on Tuesday. Number 15, Mary, Mercy on Wednesday. They play everybody and they beat everybody. And that's kind of why we ended up going with them as number one again. All right, so uh, just playing off that, if you go to statechampsnetwork.com, you can check out Matt Mallory's rankings, which he will have updated each and every week. We do a top 25 in the state. So this is an all-class. We do this for the boys, too. It's an all-class top 25. Uh, I just find that's kind of a really fun way to kind of do it. You could see, you know, when you see smaller schools or some programs maybe you don't recognize as much, uh, actually climbing ranks in here, you know they're real deal. So uh, just the top 10 formats right now, as I ran down for TJ, Detroit Edison, number one, East Grand Rapids, number two. He has Detroit Renaissance, three, West Bloomfield, four, East Kentwood, five, Celine, six, uh, Wayne Memorial, seven, eight is Heartland. Hudsonville comes in at nine and East Lansing rounds out the top 10 uh, for the first week. But as we're going to see with the with the boys as this is the most unusual basketball season we're going to ever have, uh, a shortened schedule. These these rankings are going to be very fluid. Yes, yes. And, and it was really, it was almost kind of a coin flip between the three we mentioned at the top, East Grand Rapids, uh, Edison, and Renaissance for, you know, who was going to be the number one. It kind of went with Edison just because they're the, the, the proven commodity in that group. East Grand Rapids, though, right there. I mean, they beat a very good honorable mention Byron Center team uh, by 11 points to start the season. And then Hudsonville, the only team that beat them last year, a 20-win Hudsonville team, beat them on the road 73-49. Obviously, that's a, a team that's just stocked with talent uh, in East Grand Rapids. And they're the best team in what is a very, very low, uh, okay conference then some of the other ones you want to mention, you, you were mentioning some of the smaller schools. Kent City is in the in the top 25 at number 19. Beat Grand Rapids Christian uh, in their last game, four points. That's the closest win of the season. Their other wins are by 13 points, 60 points, and 113 points. 
And I'll say that one again. They beat Lakeview 125-12. to 12. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, Ken's who is going to and, – and just scores as they were going. I know they, they didn't play all four quarters with their – their starting lineup, Kenzie Bowers, who's going to Illinois State, who is already the program's all-time leading scorer, can do anything you want. She set the single-game scoring record in that game with 46 points. That's another team that that can shoot absolutely. They've run into a roadblock in PW. This couple other team that can shoot the lights out. Number 13, Midland Dow beat Hemlock, Saginaw, Flushing, Lapeer, average margin of victory. 33 points already. Jeez. And then Gross Point South, another team that kind of lives by the three and dies by the three, lost to Gross Point North. They're obviously their nemesis from across town. 37-34 and kind of a low scoring. Uh, that Mac Red is going to be just an absolute jumble. Port here last year's white division champion uh, went undefeated in the regular season, bumped up to the red, just, just making it that much tougher. Standish Sterling, it's a team that won 19 games last year, finished second in the TVC East behind a very talented Freeland squad and actually one spot ahead of a Frankenmuth squad that's in the top 25 this year. Uh, they've got a sophomore point guard, 5'10", Macy Finn, who as a freshman got a Michigan offer. She is the real deal. They're already 3-0 and uh, coming into when we recorded this. Um, it's a team that uh, made it to the regional semifinals before they lost to a 20-win Catholic team. That, that's that's a team to watch out. That's that she's going to be very good throughout her career, and she's going to take higher than ever been before. All right, great, Matt. We appreciate that. And uh, and again, if if some of it jumps around, whatever. The important thing: check out Matt Mowry's rankings. It's statechampsnetwork.com. He does it each and every week. His top 25 is there. Matt is also writing stories, blogs, news, all covering the sport of girls' basketball and other sports as well. Scott Bernstein's doing it uh, on a weekly basis, so we get a lot of a lot of good content that's happening all week long, not just the podcast. Matthew B. Mowry, the hardest working man in the MHSAA. Well, there you go. Uh, all right. I... I concur with that the man does a lot for for us too and again uh you know if you hear me waxing rhapsodically on the scout show each and every week i can assure you there is a ghostwriter uh, <laughs> that is uh giving you all that great content and insight so i'm just the uh, delivery device so uh once again thank you guys for tuning into another episode of state champs michigan hang hang time I want to thank our sponsors lawrence tech the mhsa the detroit medical center physical therapy and sports medicine team uh, more importantly DMC physician Dr. Manuel Schubert for joining us uh, this week and also uh, the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Athlete of the Year Awards. He is Scott Bernstein. He is Matt Mowry. Again go to statechampsnetwork.com for all our content. Of course follow us on all our social media platforms for State Champs Michigan. Facebook, Twitter Instagram, YouTube. It's all there. Make sure you like, share, subscribe follow. It really helps us out and it will keep State Champs in forever So thank you so much. We'll see you next week.